Hi. I got a tape I want to play. Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Your move, creep. Take me to the volcano! So why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Come with me if you want to live. This town needs an enema. Like I said, I need a bacchiatomy. Yes, that's a human ear, all right. I got a bad feeling about this. So it's come to this. It had to eventually. Uh, finally. It finally got to Finally, this. we're at the final Friday. We're finally here. I can't wait. We're going to hell. We're going with <laughs> us and Jason. Going straight <laughs> Debatable. to hell. I'm Charlie. I'm Eric. This is a movie podcast. And we just had a Friday the 13th. We did. And I always keep thinking they're like a few months apart. Because mm-hmm. even in my head, I was just like, we just did Friday 7. We were just there, and then I looked it up, and it was like nine months ago. It was a while ago. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I got to learn that they're just every nine months. I th- I do the same thing, though. I, I, I'm i always like, yeah, what are they, like every three months you get a Yeah, we'll get a few. We'll That's knock fun. these out within the year. And I feel like sometimes it happens, and then sometimes you go, yeah, almost a year. It's been a while, but then we get the, the Friday the 13th in October. Feels like a waste, honestly. <laughs> feels like a, a waste, right? Yeah. Everybody's going to be watching these movies anyway, but we've fallen into a nice little routine these last several Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. This has become something I really look forward to. Yeah, me too. With our Friday the 13th random draw. Our random draw has led us down a specific path <laughs> so far. Yeah, uh, we're skipping the classics. <laughs> we are not touching any of the classics. We don't need any of that nonsense. We're, we've hit up Jason X and Freddy versus Jason, and now, yeah. yeah, seven, and then we hit. We did three D. Three. We got three D. And I think we did the original. And we did the original. Which I noticed this year around getting a lot of flack. The original has really? taken some hits in recent not. years. Oh no, that's not good to hear. I don't like. That's I don't like hearing it. It's now getting labeled as boring. Nah, and not, it's not on. two, four, and six, but the original holds up for me. Absolutely, the original holds up. Three is still good, but this man, you want to f- talk about not boring? <laughs> Jason goes to hell. You're talking Jason goes to hell, man. We couldn't have different relation, more different relationships with this movie. I've never seen it. Yeah, you. This was <laughs> your. This had to be your first Friday. This right? I think was my first. The final yeah. Friday. Your first Friday. Looking back on it, I think it's my my first Friday the Thirteenth because uh, my friend Bobby had. A Bobby the Here comes Bobby. Bobby. I'm trying to remember what we talked about with Bobby before, but he was. It had to be on another Friday the Thirteenth. He was my episode. version. Yeah, maybe I even told the story already. He was my version of your friend Carlos, who is my friend who had all the adult movies, or yeah. the rated R movies, or the just the parents that and had no supervision exactly. over those Couldn't kind of rentals. Less. Yeah, uh, had no idea that there was even an unrated version of Jason Goes to Hell and that my friend had it at he like 13. It, right? Yeah. So, uh, but that said, watching this movie as a 13-year-old, we kind of only watched like one 10-minute sequence. <laughs> <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yeah. Which, so... <laughs> so I had only ever seen like one scene of this movie a whole bunch. <laughs> Sure, sure. And in my memory, it was Jason making the kill in the tent. It's the tent scene, which obviously is the iconic. craziest kill in craziest the franchise. kill, basically porn level sex. Yes, and unrated for a reason for sure. 
And uh, yeah, we watched that scene a few times. You remember very little about it. But I didn't know anything else really about the movie or remember anything else. I even remember it being Jason doing the kill when it's, if you find out later in yeah. this episode, it's not. And so <laughs> then when I went back and watched this movie as an adult, 15, 20 years ago, was like, this is the movie? <laughs> this is it? This is a body swapping demon worm? That's the movie. That's, that's the what, plot. That's what Bobby was fast forwarded through. I remember campers getting killed by a large knife. Man, classic F thirteen material. And <laughs> then it's like, other than that one scene, this has nothing to do with any F 13s None of it in the entire run. This is shocking. One of those. I think I benefited so much from seeing this thirty years right after the fact. So much. This is not a well liked movie in the in the franchise right no. this is the this is new lines debut that's right yeah they bought the rights yeah except they couldn't name it friday the 13th yeah they bought the the character rights but not the but naming not the name. rights God, they get you with the they naming rights the, cunningham oh, had yeah. all these things tied up separately you can have you Voorhees, you can have the mask i'm sure the mask was a separate fee just for the hockey mask yeah they didn't really right. have much of the mask in this one no they had not, to get around the, Jason the mask. in this one yeah see i had so Coming into this 30 years later, I guess I benefited the same way with Halloween 3. If I had mm. been old enough to see it in 1983, I wonder how I would feel. Right. Because right now it is arguably my favorite Halloween movie. It's either one or two. Mm-hmm. It's either original or three with nothing else really super close. But in 1983, I can't say that I'd be cool enough to be like, I like the direction. <laughs> exactly. Actually, this is no. exactly what I was ready for. I didn't for. want more Michael Myers at all. Yeah. I wanted the Celtic haunted mask. Yeah. Couldn't say that I'd be cool enough to appreciate all the things I appreciate about it now. But even going into Goes to Hell right now, mm-hmm. I did not know that Jason really is not in this movie. That right. there would... Only by technicality be any campers murdered. Uh-huh. There was somebody murdered in a tent, but to call them Crystal Lake campers, a stretch. <laughs> yes, very much a so. A stretch. Very much. And even during this movie, I'm still the one thinking that, like, we're going to hell. Mm-hmm. 30 minutes into the movie, I start to think, like, I don't know if we're ever going to show up to <laughs> hell in this movie. <laughs> Knowing nothing about this, somehow... I thought that this was going to be a garbage-looking 90s CGI thing of Jason just constantly surrounded by flames. Every piece of artwork for the movie is flames. It's all flames. It's And in this weird metal mask. Yeah. Right? Is he wearing that? Is that his mask? I guess movie? he's I wearing it. Uh, you really, again, you only see him in the very beginning and the very end right. in the mask. And, and this Jason in particular, the mask is the thing I don't notice about this Jason. Because it looks like this guy is he's seen better melt, days. He's melted this and is got boils. This is the weirdest, and... craziest looking Jason of them all. He is, he's cane hotter, so he's huge. Mm-hmm. He's bulky. But yeah, his head is like a big boil. It is a and, huge, and like lumpy, the skin's growing mask. around the mask. Yeah, the mask is fused into cool, part of the actually. skin here. Yeah. This is such a departure from the other. Who knew that uh, we would be like going to space? That's our true, next right. one, right? Who knew? There was a huge they gap. They couldn't do enough to get away from. They they went to Manhattan. They went to <laughs> hell. They went to space. They so, were like anything but Crystal Lake. This movie stands on this island. It is the only 90s 
Friday mm-hmm. the 13th. And Manhattan was several years before, right? 88, 89? This is like four years later, yeah. Yeah. And Jason X didn't come out for another eight that, years after yeah. this. Did New Line buy these rights really with the intention to just do one? Because that sounds crazy. I, I have no idea. Well, calling it the final Friday after you've just bought the rights to this. Like, yeah. what was the plan? I have to assume that was just the thing they were doing with these series. Because wasn't Freddy's Dead the Final Nightmare also about this time? Sure. And like, they were just that's a new like, line also, right? Yeah. <laughs> so maybe that was just their direction that that time where the guy in charge was like, make them think this is the last one. <laughs> you know, like it's never going to happen again. They're just tricking people to get I think back so. in to see it. I, it must be because, well, and then of course at the end of this movie, they kind of tease a Freddy Jason, you know, Was that just up. a gag? I don't know if that was the plan. They talked about a Freddy versus Jason for 15 years. I assume, I assume they made that plan. That's probably why they bought the rights to Jason so they could have them fight. Right. Um, but yeah, then it doesn't happen for eight more years or whatever well in the year after goes to hell they did new nightmare so it's the plan yeah. to do freddy's dead new nightmare so it's like jason's never coming back new jason i mean is it just gonna be called who, right? <laughs> camp crystal lake colon new jason the the whole thing with the friday the 13th movies is like it's probably my favorite just series of movies out of these kind of nightmare and you know a lot of the halloween movies i don't like as much as i like these friday the 13th movies but the people in charge of them don't seem to know what the fuck they're doing no (laughs) (laughs) they don't understand what people want they don't just give like we saw these halloween reboots yeah but by all admission two out of three not great they made hand over fist all the money and the people in charge of the Friday the 13th movies are like battling out in court who gets the rights. Like, just make a movie. Yeah. People, people will, will pay you $200 million to make any kind of Friday the 13th yeah, All reboot. these Halloweens made like $200 million, and, the new uh, ones, right? And nobody yeah. likes any of them. And so it's just this <laughs> bizarre, like, every time you think about these sequels, like, yeah, and goes to Manhattan and they can't give you Manhattan. It's like, well, don't advertise Manhattan. <laughs> You're not going to give it to us. Dude, they could have called that. tell us he's going to hell if he doesn't go to hell. They could have called eight Jason on a boat, and it would have made more money than Jason takes Manhattan. They could have called it Vacation Jason, and it would have just piled up that money. Exactly. It was the least money-making movie, and then when New Line acquires the rights, they go, let's give him another bait and switch. Yeah. It Let's... worked terribly the other time they did it. Let's run it back. We're in charge now. We think the people are wrong. Exactly. <laughs> and we specifically bought the rights to Jason Voorhees. So what we're going to do is blow his ass up <laughs> in the first scene, pre-credits, and then make it a, uh, what's that movie with Denzel, Fallen or whatever, where people are Fallen. passing off the demon to each <laughs> it other? Is. Like. Which we're, also makes me think that this was just some other movie that was written, and then they were like, we can make this a, a I think Jason this was a thing, movie, right? judging by the credits, that had four different screenwriters. <laughs> so yeah. I think there were four different movies, also directed by a just-out-of-film-school guy who'd never made a movie. So I imagine there were reshoots out the back end. Mm-hmm. I imagine they were pulling from several different scripts. There was a couple different lines in this movie where I think I'm supposed to understand what a character's saying. I'm just like, I have no frame of reference for what this guy's talking about. It is crazy how they just drop you into the middle of this plot. Um, Jason gets set up, blown up by the government. and uh, So, best intro 
scene Classic to any intro. Friday the 13th movie. I Absolutely. was going in knowing nothing about it other than uh, you didn't like it. Well, so yeah, now, so when I saw it as a as an adult, then like and is, going like this, this he's not brutal. in the movie. Yeah, he's not. He's this a is worm. Not a Jason I don't movie. get that. So then I didn't like it, and then we watched it as a group on this Friday the Thirteenth, and I really enjoyed it. I think I I'm had be- a hell of a time. I'm becoming. It. It's so- a lot of fun. It is right. It's fun if you just don't. It's kind of like how I like Halloween ends. If you just remove the Halloween from it, it's a pretty cool movie about a guy turning evil yeah really damaged really by its association cool movie of like this evil spirit traveling amongst people and trying to kill the sister and trying to do all this fun stuff and uh it's yeah a, it's a great it a good and it's a good group watch maybe that's mm. you know these are always more fun too with a with our, our group of friends yeah i really so when we did our big random draw once everybody's over and we do the draw in front of everybody battle royal style was there one that you were hoping for was there one that you were internally like really hoping that would make it? I mean, not in not one in particular, but I was kind of thinking it'd be fun to do one of the older ones, two or four yeah. specifically. Some actual knockout but classic I, Friday the 13th. Also at the same time, I've seen those movies a dozen times. Right. And having seen The Final Friday only really once, maybe 10 years ago and not liking it, <laughs> I think it was a cool it was actually cooler to be able to see that one. Definitely the one that was like the most potential for a you know a little yeah uptick in in favorability right that's what I was thinking too because I've never seen it I know you didn't like it mm-hmm. <laughs> and I wasn't rooting for it because I know you didn't like it but it was more you like just to like see this me suffer. yeah I really like <laughs> exactly I think I was I never know which one I'm gonna want until we're drawing them out of the cup right yeah and I think this time I was really wanting either goes to hell or the reboot from 09 because i've yeah, never I see seen that, that again one. too yeah I have no idea what they try and do in that one other than i'm sure it's not great but i was ready i like that one i saw it once i, I enjoy it all right i enjoy so it. i was i had no idea what we were getting into excited to pull this one out not knowing anything and this first scene i don't think they could have just blown the rest of this movie i love what they did in this mm. first scene what a fun idea when this girl, you know something's up really quick, and they're so good at leaving these little clues that this woman, our our opening girl, is not everything she appears to be. Mm-hmm. We get this incredible classic Jason scene where he's senses that a woman is about to be naked. <laughs> yeah. You know how much this guy hates the womanly naked form. It's like nails on a chalkboard for him. Just, oh, you can just feel it, right? Someone is naked. It's like stepping on a twig in a quiet place. Mm-hmm. A shower starts running, and he's um, his ears are just perking up. <laughs> exactly, he knows he knows that there's no men in this area, and <laughs> but this woman's getting undressed for the shower, right? And she is like kind of kind of ripped. Oh yeah, it's like this really buff kind of still soft, but you know, like oh, this woman, <laughs> this woman trains for something, right? And it's all this great reveal that they're like baiting Jason. The government is baiting and ambushing Jason. Oh, yeah. This is an incredible idea. Now, it's funny because I watch it again and I go like, you know, we don't ever question why we're just following this one girl. And like she pulls up to the cabin. She gets out. She has to change a light. They go through this whole light bulb changing thing. (laughs) Yeah. But you're watching it going like, why are we already here with this person who's not saying anything like, 
And, yeah, uh, it's just a cold open on a it's girl a total pulling cold up to open. a distant cabin. And then sure enough, Jason's right there chasing her. And you're you're watching it, and you're not going like, why are we seeing this already? Like, you never see this right off the bat in the this movie. This opens like the blowout opening. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. Right? And then, yeah, it's like, are we watching a Jason movie that someone's filming? And then, yeah, it turns out that they, they hit the lights, and these guys are rappelling and pull, pulling, under, uh, pulling over tarps and... Just machine gunning the hell out of Jason. Yeah, well, once so once she's like, you know, naked in the shower, like she's waiting for somebody, right? Mm-hmm. Once the chase is on, this is the most athletic chase we've seen. Jason had to be just like, what the hell? Uh-huh. Like, what is happening here? She is like, every jump over a tree branch, she just sticks the landing on. I could have sworn she threw in like a tumble. Oh, definitely. Like a tuck and roll I think over she rolls something. Over oh, something. My gosh. Yeah. She knows how to like. Hit. I think he doesn't he throw her off the the second floor, but she kind of like yeah. Tucks and rolls she rolls off some through furniture. this landing. It's like man, they found the right girl for this. Yeah, it's like Clarice running through the uh, <laughs> exactly Quantico. You know, I was thinking Laura Dern running from the Velociraptor. Like, oh going sure, vaulting over, <laughs> over all the branches and trees and yeah. stuff to get to the maintenance shed eight miles away. <laughs> um, but I had to look up this woman. Mm. Apparently, she's one of our favorite types kind of person with just as many acting credits as uh, stunt credits sure yeah, yeah one of those types who's like a stunt woman but she looks good because she's like a pretty good lady who stunts for all the real stars so she gets tons of tv appearances and now of course she's like a stunt coordinator for big tv shows that's cool if you don't die in a fiery car wreck in the 80s movies that you did as a stunt person you are now a stunt coordinator You're on there. the big project exactly like if you survive you get to do that that's that's your end goal. Mm-hmm. And she is the woman who gets into the like naked fight. Well, she's naked. Uh in point break with Keanu Reeves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the knees of Absolutely. <laughs> falls out coming out of the shower. And she's the babe in Roadhouse. Like the oh. topless dancer at the uh the double deuce. Legend. Legend. Wow. A career, right? Absolutely. This eighty eight to ninety three was this glory Peak. stunt acting for this woman, Julie Michaels. Love Had it. to look her up. Had to give proper credit. Thank but, you, Julie. Yeah. I'm already you into killed this. It, Julie. I'm already wondering, like, where is she going? She's just running deep into the woods. And then at a certain point, it looks like she stops and kind of waits for Jason yep. to catch up. Make sure he's still there. <laughs> and already I'm going, all right, all right. But what I was not expecting <laughs> was for the floodlights to hit. Yeah. And, like, 40 federal agents all. Guys are seriously, like, tucking, rolling into frame, rappelling and, like, slingshotting in jeeps pulling up mm-hmm. and then they just firing squad this guy i swear man kane hodder had to be covered with more squibs than any actor in history it had to just be a squib suit like just the suit was made of squibs <laughs> yeah. like, like a net just chunks flying off oh, of his yeah. body and it was definitely not a dubby that's a man <laughs> that is definitely a man right so I have never seen this many bullet wounds going through a stud actor before. Kate Hodder, man, you could you can hit him with a Lincoln. Yep. <laughs> this guy. Isn't he famously like badly burned? Yeah, he, I had like, read that. Yeah, most Some of his body is like yeah. yeah, he got pretty badly burned. So is it just something that's like my body's got no nerve endings? Maybe load up every inch with a squib. Yeah. I guess so. That's a cool stunt man. If you're damage. like the stunt man bar, 
After shooting. he's like he's like the other side, right? Where where Julie goes on to coordinate other stunts. He's like he probably is in so much pain day to day now that he's just like I'm going to sit at a table and sign autographs. Oh yeah, like that's his that's his out. monster palooza circuit now. Oh yeah, he gets the big money for all those cons. Uh, yeah. yeah, deservedly so. Absolutely. Oh yeah, I hope he's not in terrible pain every day because it seems like he's like a six foot seven guy, so he's definitely in terrible <laughs> pain <laughs> like every day. Yeah, he suffered third degree burns over his whole body, and he's a tall man. Yeah, he's hurting. That guy's back is fucked. <laughs> Guaranteed. Not funny, but yeah. I bet true. at this point, Kane Hodder is like 6'1". Probably, yeah, right. Like, that is, that is a different dude now. He his shoulders are up around his ears now. <laughs> Kane Hodder is... fine, compressed. So after all these squibs fire off on this poor man's body, Jason gets blown up. Some oh, guy yeah. just bri- he gets hit with a missile. I think a, uh, an, an airplane comes in and drops a bomb on him. <laughs> yeah. I think it's that. They f- do a flyover. Yeah. It just let it's him like have it. It's like that scene in Apocalypse Now. He just... Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> yeah. But just for Jason. This is such That's a... what you got to do. You got to blow him up in chunks. That's the only way to kill him. Man. I guess. There's only one man who knows how to kill him. And it is torture getting that information out of this guy, it turns out. <laughs> But yeah, they do a flyover on Jason. What a great on-screen explosion, too. Parts are just flying everywhere. The head goes straight up, flipping around. You can't predict that. That's, you can't predict how these parts will exit. Everything you try and do, like, explosion's going to be an explosion. You can coordinate it as best as you can. That head flying straight up and flipping. And oh. if that was, like, an early CGI, it was pretty good. It didn't look like a bad CGI. See, I thought the I had I knew this movie had a bad rep, but mm-hmm. I had no clue what the bad rep was for. So I assumed '90s is gonna be bad CGI, like I said, the hell CGI. Yeah, and then it's like I have no idea what they're gonna spend 90 minutes on in hell. What are they gonna do down there? They're I mean, ready for a movie of him just walking through hell and just slicing up demons would be pretty cool. Woody? But I don't yeah, know I what don't his know. motivations would be. Or all the camp counselors are in hell because they were evil. Because <laughs> they had premarital they had sex. <laughs> They're like, it turns out. It's all just Jason going on a spree down like, there. Hey, what are you guys doing down here? <laughs> <laughs> we had sex, Jason. Duh. Bring, man, bringing back every old Jason victim from one through eight. Just for that one. So, before we get too far into this, I listened to the commentary on this movie, right? Oh, good. I know I've been bringing it up a lot lately. But you're not going to believe this. This movie was essentially supposed to be Jason Voorhees to live and die in L.A. (laughs) I swear. I swear to God. It wasn't going to be like him like going after. How does this keep happening? I know, man. It wasn't supposed to be him doing like going after counterfeiters. Right. Or anything like that. It was literally supposed to be him like taking out gang members. And then the Bloods and the Crips teaming up oh to go God. after Jason. Which sounds insane, but you think about this. This was 93. When do you remember hearing about the Bloods and the Crips for the first time? Mm-hmm. For me, it would have been around 91, 92, 93. Yeah. You were getting Boys in the Hood. I was going to say, Boys in the Hood versus Jason pretty much writes itself. Yeah. Menace to Society. Boom. Uh-huh. Making a Jason movie. Done. People were fighting. Jason and Compton. Yeah. Yes. I would have been very into Jason. That would have been fun. <laughs> On Crenshaw, right? <laughs> oh, my gosh. 
going into a neighborhood like Denzel in Training Day, just going into a cul-de-sac, standing at the end of it with your machete blade. Wow. So yeah, you know, it was going to be Jason mm. versus the Bloods and the Crips. Incredible. It could have worked. That movie still could be made, although I guess the time might have been passed. The 90s were the time. For now it. it's going to have to be him and like the cartels. Yeah. Him versus like the, the Mexican cartels. You do like or a something. Jason Sicario. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how we'd make that work. Jason just in like a really intense Jeep pursuit. Just in a little border town. Yeah. So, yeah, we could have gotten Jason's to live and die in LA. And instead, we got uh, The Hidden. Yeah. You pick, I think you picked up on that one immediately. It's like that Kyle MacLachlan. Yeah, well, they do the same parasite worm thing. from mouth to mouth thing that the hidden did, and uh, I think that's what really what it's kind of still does irk me. I gotta say, turning because J- in the okay, so the opening where the coroner is is looking at Jason's charred remains and taking a really long time we to get, explain we things. Get a long time on this corner. I dig that guy. That guy's that cool. actor. Uh, I think also, yeah, watching this movie, it takes about a half hour to really kind of get going. And once it does, it's great. But that opening corner bit with the credits takes too long. The Case Files America segment is weirdly paced. You learn about... We have this whole backstory. Several backstories. That we have to get into. We, we get introduced to a lot so of characters. It takes a while to catch up. But uh, even then, I think a lot of that is every other Friday the 13th movie. You get introduced to all the characters like from Go. Yeah. All the campers show up or they're already there at the camp. You know, the counselors are already there. You get very quick intros to everybody's See them all personalities. Just show up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And this is really like builds more like an actual movie. But at the same time, we are getting characters disposed of quickly. Mm-hmm. It is both. So it is always kind of constantly introducing people that then are also getting dispatched of, which I usually hate. <laughs> I hated when the new Halloween movies did that. Mm. The second one, especially, was just constant bits with new people, and I hated every one of them. Right. Every one of them. And this kept threatening to make me dislike it, but I liked enough of these characters liked the bits. that I, I liked this coordinator, yes, talking at length to himself <laughs> before being tantalized by Jason's black beating heart. Oh, the heart beating on the table is good. I think what kept me so into all these character uh, backstories and introductions is this movie is all about great payoffs mm. even that opening intro where we're just jumped into like what who's this girl what's this cabin like is this you know is it, it felt like a movie in a movie mm-hmm. but that payoff the reveal is great the blow up is great all the payoffs for this movie every 10 minutes there is a new payoff the kills are insane. The effects work is insane. There's actual surprises. Mm-hmm. The movie keeps that up for all 90 minutes. You talk, I think you said at the top, like, you want something not boring. <laughs> this is not boring. Well, Even, because it's so confusing before it gets action-packed that you're not bored because you're going like, what is this guy's deal? How does this guy know this guy? Why is the waitress talking to this guy? I s- it's all this stuff where you're just like dropped into the middle of this already like soap opera story, <laughs> essentially. Yeah, because it's like guy it's like the girlfriend ran off with his baby. He's, yeah, exactly. And he knows the mom, and 
she then we get the reveal that Jason has a sister and yeah. all the and you're just going like whoa whoa whoa, whoa. Yeah, hold on hold on but uh, yeah the reveal boring. that yeah only I know how to kill him and oh. it turns out just like then when we find out the rules to killing Jason there are an endless series of rules on there's, how to kill this there's guy special tools there's special rules uh yeah there's it a has lot, to be done by a very a specific person stuff. all new lore that has not existed in any of the eight previous ones. So I kind of like the idea that New Line got the rights and said, you know what? We can just make up anything. Yeah. We they, can just do any of this. They stuff. did that for sure. And then they decided, they're like, get 17 screenwriters, <laughs> throw them in a room. We'll just mix it up. Because yeah. then later on, I swear it hints at a thing. And I had to go back and find this because I knew... At a certain point, the movie also just starts making a bunch of references to horror movies, which is a really oh, stupid yeah. thing. Yeah. Right? Like, for some reason, the the crate, the archaeological crate from Creepshow is just distractingly in a scene. Just spotlit, right in the middle <laughs> of the scene. brightly lit right there. <laughs> so stupid. Uh, we take a good 40 seconds to look through the Necronomicon, Book of the Dead, so through the pages. So, okay, call me crazy, but I You're think this, this makes a lot of sense. As Jason Lore, and I really like if this. If he's a deadite yeah. situation. Yeah. Think about how much more sense that would make the character make is if this sweetly retarded boy drowns in a lake and his desperate mother uses the Necronomicon mm-hmm. to summon something that she hopes is her baby boy, but is clearly some kind of demon incarnate. Maybe that is. I mean, honestly, that is kind of what they're saying here because Jason is now this evil spirit that can jump from body to body, but also becomes a slug, but also becomes like a bat at one point. (laughs) Like it's evolving as it gets from person to person. Mm -hmm. And then it has to be reborn within a Voorhees and all this other stuff that, yeah, very much feels like this could have been an evil dead script at one point. So I don't know if it's just because like, because I know New Light had the rights to, you know, Freddy. So that's why we get to see the glove at the end, right? That makes sense. Yeah. I don't think New Line had the rights to Evil Dead, so I, I think, have no yeah. idea how they were using the Necronomicon. But uh, it's kind of interesting to go back and see this now because they have so many of those, and it's like this is like the MCU, yeah, twenty years earlier of like referencing other things and Easter, the idea of an Easter egg. You know, For a in a movie, three movie like, that wasn't really a thing back then, was it? I don't think so. But they kept doing them. Even at first, I thought they were just small little cute ones, like oh, we're in Cunningham County, of course. All right. Oh yeah, they do that a lot. That kind of thing. Reference but, names and stuff. By the time we get to the creep show crate, it was really like, what are we doing? We're just showing major things from other famous horror movies now. I know that's so weird. It's almost like you expect one of the characters to be like, "I'll tell you about that." Yeah. later or like, something you know, it's like it's such a dumb really thing to do but that nobody else was doing in 93 and it's something i'm so beyond sick of now yeah i'm sick of all the references to references and stuff i hate people that know references <laughs> i hate it i hate it i hate when i understand a reference now it's just uh-huh. like this didn't used to need to be this way <laughs> but some guys 18 screenwriters on goes to hell are like People are going to want to see other horror movies that they remember. <laughs> right. If they're not enjoying this, they're going to want to be reminded of something entirely Just different. Just like walk past a Leatherface mask like, I know who that is. <laughs> like, I don't know what is happening here. But the Necronomicon was the only one that I am gonna that I saw and went, oh, that makes... Because it was in the Voorhees house mm-hmm. in the end. Yeah. 
that makes way more sense is who this man is. Michael Myers has an explanation as just being a, an actual, like, <laughs> evil. Just evil, yeah, He is right. just the face of evil, right? That is it. He, he is not a man. Mm-hmm. He is literally an essence evil. Jason doesn't really get any kind of explanation like that. We don't know how Jason's able to be chained up at the bottom of Crystal Lake for a few years. Exactly. He was dead in the first movie. Yeah. And then he's suddenly a man just running around with a bag on his head. Just a hulking beast. Of a... Even his body size makes way more sense when you know that he just is a resurrected yeah. demon. How... And the face and every you know, just, yeah. Because the... that, that dumb-looking the kid in, the, in Friday 1 was not going to be able to put on the kind of muscle mass. Oh, no. The, the, the Jason we know. That little twig? He couldn't that, even swim. Yeah, I can't swim. Come on. That guy's going to lift? Tread water. <laughs> that kid doesn't bench. You <laughs> yeah. kidding me? Not a chance. He's not flinging someone into a tree in their, in their uh, sleeping bag. <laughs> yeah. That takes a lot of core strength. He can't tent stake <laughs> through a woman. Yeah. No way. So the Necronomicon explanation is the first thing that makes sense in the whole lore of Jason. But now to go back to this poor man eating a heart i so i have now only seen the unrated version yeah you i could have sworn when we were all watching it were you telling was the r-rated version even available to purchase who was buying the r-rated i don't know was this the first movie that really came out with the r-rated and the unrated cut i feel like it was on vhs laserdisc i feel like it being yeah it being the unrated cut was big because like a director's cut is different than the unrated cut yeah um, I can't picture a movie that would have been earlier. And like, I'm pretty sure unrated, like the, uh, you know, the rated cut is pretty much what you think. Like you see the knife go into the tent, but not through the girl. You know, you see, uh, I don't think you see the worm go up the, uh, oh yeah, at the end. man. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of stuff, stuff that, like that. That's usually the unrated versus R rated is you get a couple of frames at the end of a stabbing. Right. Cut. You don't linger on the stabbing. You don't linger on the gore. You don't see the woman's body get split in half. No. The unrated, is... boy, do you. <laughs> and so I'm wondering if the way that coroner eats that heart, mm. is that like he starts chomping on that It's thing, pretty disgusting. And then chomping some more and then turns to the camera and is really just like really going at it. Yeah. And it's like with some MPAA guy just like, all right, we need to take off a couple extra bites. <laughs> we need to axe a couple of those bites. Because that looked disgusting. Yeah. And this whole movie has a bunch of different things that made me react in disgust. There's some sick stuff in here. And constant kills. Yeah. I am not usually the kind of, even in a slash like this, I, I'm never like, what's the best kill? You know, <laughs> uh, people love talking about the kills. This movie is like, has to be championed though for its kills it comes up with some wild ones i agree and it does some things differently than the other ones obviously um i'm thinking more of like the guy melting after oh, he's God. transferred the, the the spirit like you don't see anything like that in in any other f13 for sure nothing Are you close. cool with me calling it f13 by the way i, I think i'm good with that okay. yeah <laughs> i think that's a fine like am i sounding that's terrible? how i always if i'm dming i say f13 we, we're, we're yeah, good with that uh, Friday seems really, like it like, would be less. Cool. Yeah, they, they they definitely go in some different directions, but also give you a lot of the classic, just brutal, bash a face in. It has stab the, through a it has the slashings kills. and the stabbings, yeah. but it goes in a body horror effects gore direction that none of the others mm-hmm. touch. You know, there's things crawling out of bodies in orifices. 
there's slimy uh, a lot more slimy things yeah like more cronenberg horror that man melting is hideous that's great because we have seen by the time we get the melting man effect jason's changed oh yeah creighton duke our bounty hunter who explains that the body that's just that's just like a meat vessel for jason's essence Great Duke knows a hell of a lot about Jason Voorhees. Yeah. For a guy having to tell us a completely different backstory than anything we've heard eight <laughs> anything movies before. Anything we've ever heard before. Yeah, at the end when he's when he finally confronts Jason, he's like, remember me? And it's like, should he? <laughs> what story was that well, from? For that, I read that there was an earlier version where you find out Jason killed his girlfriend or something. Oh, the, so now but he, they got, cut that he got scene. into bounty hunting as revenge exactly. for, uh, for Jason. That's how he knows so much, I guess. I don't know. He has a lot of Jason But knowledge. he knew that Jason had a sister, and uh, he knew who that sister was, where she worked, what diner she worked at. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like... Right from the beginning, this guy is on top of it. But Creighton Duke is an all-timer. Creighton Duke is a special character oh. in Friday. Yeah. yeah. By the time we get, I'll get, ba- I'll jump back to Creighton since we jumped to the Melting Man. But that Melting Man scene, we've already seen Jason transfer meat sacks mm-hmm. like five, six times by now. We never have seen what happens to the discarded bodies until this guy. And holy God, it is disgusting. This guy keeps melting more and more, and each one looks more and more disgusting. Yeah. And just when I think that the f- effects have finished, we cut back to him further <laughs> melting, just face dripping off in the most gory the, ways. The jawbone getting stuck to the floor and that head pulling off. That was disgusting. That was so good. There's no way that is in the R-rated and, version. Uh, it, yeah, it's funny. His face, yeah, when this he's... guy doing this little, little like shimmy down to the floor as he's... Uh, just melting like a Clive Barker. It looked very like Hellraiser to me. Wow. It looks like the reversed version of the guy reforming his body right. in Hellraiser. They had to have done that. That had to be the same thing, right? That was it's like there Because, yeah, the, I'm sure there's a Hellraiser reference in there somewhere I didn't see, but I'm maybe sure, that's I'm it. sure the Cenobites are just standing around in the background <laughs> exactly. of a scene, the way this movie was throwing that stuff in. Yeah. <laughs> it has to be just a reverse idea of that cuz you're totally right. I hadn't thought of it until now is the exact same kind of goopy gross Clive Barker yeah. melting. Disgusting. But Creighton Duke. So Creighton Duke was the uh he was from like 21 Jump Street. Yeah. He was the the guy in charge of Jump Street. Stephen right? Williams. I, yeah, I I know I've seen him in a bunch of stuff. I never watched 21 Jump Street. Cooley High, but mm-hmm. uh Teenage Stephen Williams and Cooley High. Yeah, this guy's in tons of stuff, and I know some. Oh, he was a he was a guy in uh, X Files too. That's how sure, I know. Sure, 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 sure. Mister X or something. Oh yeah, he had a, a long running character. Yeah, he had on a good there. good run. But yeah, Creighton Duke's got to be the the best. The, He's really it, when he, we get our first uh, sit down interview with him on American Case Files. Also love the American Case Files, which is like a hard copy mm-hmm. kind of show. It shows all the victims from the beginning with that like red stamp over, like dead, missing. Where did they get the footage of That's, that guy? Okay, yeah, you notice that too. Yeah, of course. The other coroner <laughs> that gets killed. Why they have a close up of the the <laughs> coroner intern giving like a smug, like I just told this body to go fuck itself. Yeah. Look, dead. <laughs> he looks like that. Remember those Encyclopedia Britannica commercials with that yeah. snotty ass kid. That looked like that guy. And he's given the same kind of like smug little face in his quarters. It's like, where'd that file photo come from? It totally reminded me of like those uh, 90s video games that would have little video clips like 
in them, like oh, very yeah. pixelated the... little little bits. And yeah, just man. And then by the time we're like eight minutes into this case files episode, I was like, I think this is the whole movie. We just watch an episode of American Case Files. Yeah. And uh with the Creighton Duke interview, but they really nailed like it's almost parody level how much they nailed the like jacket over the shoulder walking interview oh yeah b-roll and uh oh, i loved it these these shows were were really like kind of not that old at that point you know mm-hmm. a current affair and these kind of things right so for them to nail the style that well yeah the the walk and talk interview with the overlaid narration right and the sit down and creighton duke really gets I thought again, the whole movie was basically going to be him as Quint. Yes. In Jaws, right? Because he lays out. He does the ex- a Jaws line. The exact same, yeah. right? That's their Jaws reference. They're going to know what that's about. Exactly. It's yeah. a little wink, a little like, you get the, what is he? You get the mask, you get the machete, you get oh, the yeah. whole damn thing. You, it is the, is the entire line, line <laughs> like not even hiding it. They just take that line and say, like, make it about Jason stuff, though. Yeah. Not shark stuff. They could have. They could have, uh, yeah. They could have said tail. They, they, like, <laughs> I could see this movie also just doing that, like, just being like he referenced Jaws. <laughs> yeah, that was Jaws, guys. Yeah, uh, but no, all these characters we get introduced to the diner couple, the couple at the diner, Les- little Leslie Jordan owner, and uh, yeah. and Rusty Schwimmer. What a great couple! <sighs> Loving all these people. Yeah. Then we get introduced to the extended members of the Voorhees family. Mm-hmm. Uh, the father of the baby of one of the more for we get so many people in this movie. It is a wonder how well I think this works. It's a, it, well, it is yeah. That diner scene in particular where Creighton Duke is like, I'm gonna go get Jason, and then he's at a diner and he's like, Hey, you, you're Jason's sister, and she's yeah. like, No, I'm no, no. He's like, Yeah, and uh, I'm gonna use you as bait to get Jason. Are you in? And she's like, No, I'm not in. This is awful. And then the sheriff's like, Get him out of here, and he gets locked up for days. Yeah, that guy's for doing gone no for a while. Uh, and then, yeah. He mounts and then, off to the sh- local sheriff, though. And then the, sure. the, the the sister, Jason Voorhees' sister, Erin Gray, uh, she then turns around and starts talking to Steven at the diner. Like, he hasn't been there the whole time. I no. don't know where he came from. And she's like, meet me in my house, 11 o'clock. Don't be late. <laughs> and he's like, all right. And it's like, wait, Dude, what? This who's scene, this guy? This diner scene is so wild because, yeah, they go from, <laughs> from Creighton Duke kind of like, sexually harassing Aaron Gray, like, right? And then Billy Greenbush, who I think only gets... He was from Five Easy Pieces. Yeah. He's like Nicholson's, like, drinking and bowling buddy. Oh, yeah, of course. Absolutely. The guy who gets, like, arrested in the beginning. (laughs) Yeah, thrown into the... Yeah, never shows up, right? Yeah. That's cool. And uh, I think ever since that movie, everything I've seen him in, he's been playing some kind of, like, highway patrolman. I think that guy just carved that out, right? So once he shows up... By the way, Aaron Gray... Talking, talking early forties. Erin Gray in this movie. She was great. She's looking good. And uh, I didn't. I had no idea she did any horror movies. I know. You know. I've watched the Buck Rogers. I've seen Silver Spoons. I, I had no idea exactly. she was in horror movies. Right. But then once Creighton Duke is led out of there by a comically small police officer, <laughs> they got the tiniest little guy on the force. Who even he looks like a little Bruce Campbell. He does, yeah. I was trying to think of who he reminded me of, but yeah, Bruce Campbell's a good call. Got the got a long chin. He looks like on one of the guy. kids from American Pie. Like he's just like looks like he's seventeen years old. Yeah, and has yet to lose his virginity. And he has, man. I don't know who made the choice to have Creighton Duke and as the bounty hunter that also wears the cowboy hat and duster. 
mm-hmm. but good choice. It's essentially the character that they ripped off for the the black sheriff in the new Halloween movies. Like that's their Creighton Duke, very much, right? Very much. But nothing beats the original. Yeah, and then we meet Stephen, who's the father of Aaron Gray's daughter's baby. God. Which is something so, you apparently should know already. Dude, the way Aaron Gray sits down next to just introduced for the first time Steven and immediately starts digging into like, hey, do you want to win her back? Here's, <laughs> yeah. And you're like, wait, who is He's like, I'm trying to eat my pie here. Who is getting one back here? I know nothing about these people. And uh, kind of don't hate it. Looking back, it's just like, yeah, I guess they told us the right amount. In well, retrospect, yeah. I, I'm I'm fine with how you they set all this stuff you up here. Eventually, figure it all out. Yeah, I, I do like that. Yeah, because what? Then we have uh, then we then to we keep segueing from new people. The way Jason's moving through bodies, we're kind of getting getting introduced by one guy talking to this person, and then they talk to a new person to yep. introduce that character, and that kind of gives us our little Crystal Lake three way. And then yeah, Stephen. Then on his way to go meet Aaron Gray, who's rocking out in his car, doesn't have a care in the world. No. Doesn't not acting like a guy who's about to have a secret meeting about maybe meeting his baby for the first time. Yeah, he's just like la la la. Yeah, he is just I'm singing up three hitchhikers. I, I love so this guy. Do, do, do. I hated this dude. <laughs> I hated Steven. What a what a what a character growth over the course of a movie. Oh when yeah. When you look at how charmless he is when he picks up three hot youths mm-hmm. on their way to Crystal Lake. What a goon. This guy is acting like a total weirdo to all these kids. But before that, when you're talking about him singing along, I knew immediately it was that classic movie thing where they're just like, yeah, we're just going to have some song playing underneath you, so just do whatever. (laughs) And then he is immediately just singing along. I could tell that guy is just, all right, I guess I'm making up a tune. Just having the time of his life. I couldn't, uh, when I first saw him, and then, yeah, in this scene where he's driving the kids, for some reason, I just got like... um, Max Weinberg in my head. <laughs> like this guy just looked like a young Max Weinberg dope. He has to me. very uncool, unflattering glasses. The glass, yeah, he's got at bad a, cer- glasses. a certain point in the movie, the glasses just disappear. Oh, it's yeah. a real Clark Kent kind he's of thing. Fine. Yeah, and then he seems like a totally normal guy. And so I don't, <laughs> I don't know what true. happened. I didn't see when the glasses fall off. I so I don't know if it was an intentional thing or not. Like, I don't remember them getting knocked off and him suddenly mm. rising above. For all I know, it could be just them just, like, forgetting to put the glasses <laughs> on him. We lost scene, the glasses. Right? I, don't, I don't know what to tell Or you. there was, like, a, again, an hour of reshoots. And he's just like, yeah, I don't know what happened to those glasses. <laughs> so now my character doesn't have them. Yeah, that's fine. I also have a broken hand most of this movie. It doesn't seem to bother me. It never bothers me. Point. I'll just put, like, one piece of tape <laughs> around good. all of my fingers. And... Yeah, when we get introduced to these, he's what giving a lift to some campers that are like now that now that Jason's and a dead, we're going up to Crystal Lake. Yeah, this girl is the throwing sex. it down at him. Two girls, one guy. These girls are raring to go. This girl is throwing it at the least charming guy. She's possible. she was gonna take whatever picked him up. Mm-hmm. She already man determined or that, woman because there's no way she determined that mid ride. Right. It was just like, all right, whatever guy picks us up, and just like, I guess I'll have to make this work. He is just not picking it up, refusing no. to pick up what she is throwing down. I think he knows, but he's uh, he's honor bound to try mm-hmm. to win back his baby mama. He can't go screwing in the woods. No, when he's, he's got, got this super secret, very important meeting to at get eleven. To. At eleven, at my don't house. be late. 
do not be late. I couldn't pick a later time of the day, technically. <laughs> she, but don't she be is late. a diner waitress. She's gotta you know, she's, she's got to work. She's putting money on the table there. <laughs> but, I'd be like, don't be early. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just not going to be there. If I see you at 1030. Not, not. No, yeah. we're waiting in my beautiful sunken living room of oh. Aaron Gray's living room. Love steps leading down into a living room. It's a lot of brick, like in, like inside brick in this Inset movie. brick. A lot of look great. Mm-hmm. But so, I do like how he makes the joke, you know, about them getting axed at Crystal Lake. Makes it in the creepiest way possible about them having premarital sex. Yeah, ices down the whole ride. There's nothing better than making a joke and having to say like that was a joke. Yeah, you know you've <laughs> stuck the landing on that one. <laughs> you know you've crushed it. But going up to Crystal Lake to have what I assume is going to be a three-way. What I assume. I guess. I Yeah. I feel so bad for all the actors that cast get cast in these where, like, you know they're filming in, in cold weather. Mm-hmm. We're going to get you real wet. You're going to be naked. Tough call for the guys, too. Oh, yeah, you're going to be skinny dipping. Never never experienced colder water in your life. No idea how your genitals are going to react to that. Yeah. And they're just throwing them out there. Always huddled up, stepping huddled on up. stepping on sticks. Just bare, bare feet. That's what, yeah, the, the scene where the, the, the two go to bed in the tent and she, the our, our third wheel, is having to, like, go pee in the bushes. Just, like, barefoot walking through leaves and sticks. It's like, that can't be fun. Dude. It <laughs> can't be fun. I didn't notice it. I skimmed back through it, watched it again the other day, and... So the first girl, when they're all just like sitting around at campsite, right? It's very clear what what's going to happen. They're already naked. Like, you know yeah. what's going to happen. But then the girl makes this really long plea to like, hey, do you mind if we uh, have the tent for a little bit? It's like, yes. Yeah. Obviously, you're going to have the tent. As if the plan was they all three sleep in the tent together. Yeah. Or something. And the girl, I love the girl, the first victim that kind of goes, yeah, I'll just be right over here. And just like, oh, like three feet away from the tent? <laughs> the tent is directly next to the campfire. She just pulls up and lies down right next to these, these two. But And you're seeing the shadows already banging in the tent like some sort of cartoon. <laughs> yeah. Like what, why is now the time for modesty? Yeah. You're asking permission to use the tent? I'm surprised you guys have not banged already. How? Right. And so this girl gets up to, like, go to pee in the woods before she's knifed. And you can tell the idea where they're like, oh, well, we have her go pee. And then Jason gets her. But then they're like, oh, we can't just, like, have her just peeing for 30 (laughs) seconds. So they have her pee for, like, two seconds. They're like, we can't just, like, have a lot of peeing sounds. The MPAA doesn't want to hear that. That's true. I genuinely am curious. Like, do girls only have to pee for, like, two seconds? Because the other one does it, too. (laughs) Yeah, we get right two girls. After. We get back to back peeing in the same the spot. The same spot, and the and they take the same route back. <laughs> it is so weird. It's such a bizarre. But look. then in my head, I'm like, you know, I've never like seen a girl pee. Maybe it only takes two <laughs> seconds. <laughs> I don't know. I know when I pee because <laughs> this is the scene that you were seeing all over <laughs> and guess, over again, so. right? So all this is just like this is your first time seeing. It. I've never been paying attention. My whole to life, I'm like, peeing. what's wrong with me? It takes me like thirty seconds to pee. These girls are just gone in two seconds, and they go and they they somehow know to go. Did they designate this peeing bush before they got there? Yes. I don't know Love why it. they made these two women get to the bush the exact same <laughs> way and then pee for the same two set. Like, I don't know why they did it. I don't know why they had to have that other girl go anyway. No, you didn't need that I don't know why they all. had the second one go. You didn't need any of that. 
Because all that was building up to was the tent stabbing. And so we're going to talk about the killing and all the grinding that led up to the killing. But I want to know a little bit about what message were they, I guess, intentionally sending with all the condom talk. The condom stuff. That's that's just pure 90s right there. You had, I think, legally to include safe sex uh, education in your sex scenes. Yeah. We know that Jason is anti-sex. Definitely. And so... He, he doesn't even know about condoms, probably. He, I wouldn't Back in the so. 80s, that was, not, that was not a discussion. I don't know how much he retains. No. Really. And even before he was like an unemotional zombie resurrected with the Necronomicon, he was retarded. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, we can't imagine whatever that this guy has rattling around in there. Can't be that fresh. Yeah. But... He definitely understands sex and hates it. And I wonder, with all the condom talk, was he just waiting? And, like, if the girl had, like, really stuck to her guns about making the guy wear a rubber, was he just, like, waiting to do this? And, like, he would have been like, all right, okay. Yeah, maybe. I'll let these two live. Because there is so much condom chatter. And then it does such a blatant shot of Jason's boot, like, stepping on the condom after the girl agrees to let the guy go raw. Yep, yep. And it's like, what are, what message are we sending here? Is Jason the moral majority here? Because condoms in 93, that was, well, that was it. That was the crisis in full This effect, is a movie right? where Jason is being passed from person to person. So maybe he's, like, the uh, STD. Oh, honestly, or, I didn't even think of that. He's yeah. the he's the virus. He's the yeah. He's AIDS. Wow, I didn't realize we were watching a Jason as AIDS movie. Could I mean, it's the only way I can view it now. <laughs> this is definitely a movie about the AIDS crisis uh, hitting the hitting the small little town of Crystal Lake. Maybe or just gonorrhea. Could could, could also just, just be crap. Could, could be the clap. <laughs> could be. We don't have to go too dark. But I'm trying to think, is this post Magic Johnson? I'm trying to remember. I believe so. Yeah. It would have been, it's definitely post Longtime Companion, which is, uh, sure. which is, I was getting a lot of Longtime Companion vibes mm. in this one. <laughs> it's really delving into the crisis, and I, for one, appreciated that. Yeah. But thoughtful. But in a thoughtful way. Right after whatever message they were trying to send about always use a condom, or mm-hmm. you'll get, or you'll get tent staked and just violently ripped in half. Violently. I can't imagine how different the R-rated scene looks compared to the one in the unrated cut. Because once the girl agrees that no condom needs to be necessary out in the woods, mm-hmm. this woman just rides this guy for like a minute straight. Oh, yeah. I can see why Bobby is like, I got <laughs> You guys check this out. I got something you got to see, Charlie. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was uh, enlightening. This Enlightening. Is... This is, uh, we've had some stuff almost happen and then get edited out of other Friday ones. This is the first mm-hmm. Friday one that said, we're not cutting away. You're going to see it to completion. Yeah. And they really did let this woman finish. <laughs> I love the idea of Jason just waiting outside for this woman to climax. Waiting for the arch of the back to be just right. Yeah. yeah. Once he picked up that tent stake and once I saw that she was getting there. And she was getting close, like, oh, man, they're going to do it. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've ever had Jason, like, letting a woman finish before <laughs> he, like... 
No, they're usually, yeah, I think they're usually still trying to get it in there. Yeah, <laughs> like, I think that's... <laughs> it's like exactly. Kevin Bacon being like, I'm sorry, babe. Uh, <laughs> you know, and she's like, okay, I'll try later. Or no, maybe they've already finished there, but yeah. Yeah, he... <laughs> this it. is a lot of sex. It is this a is lot. So I unrated sex. And uh, when that steak hits through her, man... Oh, God. It's the whole gross. room was like, oh! Yeah, <laughs> it's such a quick, sudden, violent... It is whoosh. And really well, like, it looks real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, to me, the th- the thing I remember as a kid more than the sex was the shocking, like, that looks like it really goes through her. And really, when he pulls it up, it, oh. it looks like it's her getting ripped in half. Like, it yeah. doesn't look like a dummy. I went back and paused. So, obviously, you know, sure, wanted to yeah. click through. obviously, yeah, it was like a body cast fake person, right? They needed to make two of, of them. Course. But... It, the way they edit it and the way they cut it, it looks great. The yeah. effects on this look great. When I looked it up, I can't believe this movie only costs like three mil. I did see that uh, Greg Nicotero is one of the guys. Saw that name, yeah. And so he, obviously, Walking Dead stuff, he's uh It's such a, a cool master. mix. We've talked about this concept before of these low-budget movies that spend money in the right spots. Mm-hmm. And a couple... So while they did uh, use way too many cooks... To do the screenplay, and they bring in a guy who'd never directed a movie before to direct. Why do you buy the rights to a movie and be like, what should we do with it? Give it to this 22-year-old who's <laughs> never done a movie. I don't know. Sure. It almost makes you wonder, because Sean Cunningham's back as a producer, mm-hmm. and it just it almost makes you wonder, like, is he tanking this on purpose? Oh man, I I would like, I would expect he... that it's in his best money I interest just... to not tank it. It does right? feel so strange. The whole direction, right? Yeah. yeah. But, and knowing that this basically killed the franchise for the rest of the decade. Yeah. And and these franchises were already on their way out. Maybe it's just that. Maybe they were just trying so desperately to find the new thing. Yeah, they didn't. There was that battle. I'm sure, like, because Cunningham, based on every interview with the guy I've said, he is the guy that's just, he's a Roger Corman guy. Mm-hmm. Just like, no, you know what the people want. You know what's going to make money. They want to see campers being killed. By Jason. That's it. And so this movie is like, great. We're not going to do any of that. Yeah. We are not going to do that. any of that. Forget it. And so part of me really loves the idea of them trying to find the new thing instead of going back to the old thing. Mm-hmm. But this on m- paper, great idea. I love it. Right. Now, I, I, I am not a good marker for what should make money, though. My ideas are always the things that I'm like, I loved that movie. I don't know why anybody else didn't see it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's always that kind of garbage, right? Why don't they make more movies like that? Oh, because I saw it. <laughs> I'm the only one that enjoyed this. Got it. Understood. Right. The only Marvel thing I liked was Agent Carter. Uh-huh. It's like the least <laughs> successful Marvel thing. The second I'm, I'm like, I am really liking this. It's like, oh, that has to mean it's not resonating at all with the rest of the mcu while i was still watching season one of agent carter there was like ads for a new show with Haley atwell like that's not looking good for agent carter i guess (laughs) (laughs) i knew it was sunk right so once i I was like oh yeah this movie probably did do really terribly looked it up later made 15 million which was a little bit more than Manhattan made. I was yeah, it's like this one always gets called like the the financial and critical failure, but it was made for 2 million less than Manhattan yeah. and made like a million dollars more. So Manhattan it feels like 
they were that's just I mean, like maybe these these movies were just not doing well for a while yeah. right and seven brings in the psychic girl and eight we try to change the location and now yeah so i i can see why they keep thinking we got to reinvent the wheel but it, it's kind of that thing where you look back now and while this is a fun movie it's like if they had just had campers who look like kids in the 90s getting killed it would have just been so great yeah we could have listened to all the creed and stuff that we want and <laughs> oh no 93 it would have been just like oh grunge. no that was the other one we're we would have gotten yeah. grunge gotten, man oh you know, silver chair would have uh been playing <laughs> on the jukebox dude getting a grunge jason grunge era jason would have been so sick right i would have loved to hear that that score would have been so good mm-hmm. getting just like what is that tad <laughs> oh god <laughs> All those by '93. That's when you know Nirvana signed to the major the year you know, two years before. So all the other Seattle bands re- signed. Right. So they would have gotten all those like God, second and Jason third level go to Seattle. Oh man, Are you kidding me? Take the There's boat. So many right lakes there. up there. It's all water. <laughs> it's all water. Endless supply of bands to flesh out. You don't got to get Soundgarden and Nirvana. There's uh, there's eight different you know coffin breaks. Get coffin break, man. <laughs> Get all those cool bands. Just have them taken out, like the whole battle of the bands. He's just chopping them up. Oh man, Jack Andino's there. He's <laughs> producing. You get all that, uh, all that black and white. I forget the photographer that took all those great grunge era ones. You get right. Jason just moshing through these crowds. <laughs> wow. Well, we figured it out. We yeah. Figured, but yeah, they couldn't just figure out like, hey, they've never seen current '90s kids getting knifed up. Which I guess probably is more a testament to how little horror movies were hitting in theaters. Yeah. 92, 93. Uh, for a movie, $15 million, same as you, I've only heard it referred to as just a total bust, mm-hmm. total failure. This was the highest grossing horror movie of 1993. They were not making money. There you go. Horror yeah. movies were not popular in the 90s until Scream hit. You know, in yeah. 96, they were not popular. It's just a dip. Horror movies were dying. And looking back, it seems crazy because there's so many of my favorites hitting that early 90s era. But that was when they were going straight to video. Mm-hmm. You know, you had theatrical stuff like Candyman. Yeah. But I think Candyman was, again, a critical hit. You know, retrospect, everybody loves it. I don't think it was making big money because horror movies weren't making money. It was already being viewed as a rental property by then so they were trying to bring back the big dogs and then having them do nothing at all honestly if they would have done that bloods versus crips versus jason storyline that probably would have made 60 million that's such a good story that would have blown (laughs) goes to hell out of the water i think so (laughs) that would have been huge if they had done it right if they had gotten the right south central would have yeah instant classic the leprechaun knew that the leprechaun has to go to the hood of course they all got it leprechaun got it yeah. <laughs> we can go to the moon and go to the hood. Yeah, we, we can do, do both, it all. guys. We can, we can do go this. back to the hood. <laughs> yeah. We do two hood movies. We will go back. <laughs> there are other parts of the hood we did not go. <laughs> yeah, Jason's To Live and Die in L.A. would have been, oh, the Wang Chung score would have been oh, so yeah. good. God, bring him back. You got to get Chung. When we're talking about money being spent the right ways, getting Greg Nicotero to fuel your... Is this the most kills in a Friday the 13th? I know that's a documented I mean, I thing. No idea, yeah. But where, as opposed to him just stabbing and macheteing through people, new kills all the way through. Has to be all Greg Nicotero's team. 
a thing that I really loved. They brought back Manfredini to do oh, the yeah. score. So vital to these scores. The guy did all of them but Manhattan. So bringing yes. him back is such... How he's managed to do so many... He did... I think he did X, too. I think so, yeah. He did he's all the house scores. the one who's scores, been involved in, you know? mo- in the most of the, of the series. Yeah. All of them sound different. He is so good at building off of that one simple theme. All the scores for all the Friday movies are great. Yeah. And him bringing back the sound. Them knowing like how important he was to the sound and how that sound makes the movies feel. I think once I saw his name and I just just like, oh, this feels right. And they open and they have a lot of that the chikaka stuff, mm-hmm. right? And they really hammer that in so you know that it's a Jason movie. <laughs> they do that right you know surprise uh, the kills are really yeah I'm, I'm thinking of like uh the kills in the diner that that diner Gosh. scene so but but uh the most vile thing that happens all right in the whole friday the 13th series is not what jason does it to me it is the guy stealing aaron gray's body and bringing it back to the Voorhees house for the american case files show for ratings. oh yeah what a piece of that shit. Guy. <laughs> what a piece of fucking work that this guy, guy dude. Is. So I saw that dude's name <laughs> in the credits. Stephen Culp, right? Yeah. Right away, no bone in my body doubts that I could, like, obviously Robert Culp's son. Got it. He has Robert Culp's forehead. <laughs> yep. He's got Robert Culp's hair. Clearly a guy getting Robert Culp gigs. I found an interview with him. This is the best. No relation whatsoever oh, to no. Robert Culp. However... Culp has two sons that have a hard time getting work, and this guy keeps getting work because they think he's Robert Culp's son. This guy has a huge career. That's crazy. He's got like 130 IMDb credits, and so much of it is just like, yeah, they always think I'm Robert Culp's son. <laughs> it's, like, uh, it's like Robert Mitchum's talentless kids. Christopher Mitchum and the other Mitchum. Like, yeah. he's got, like, three fail sons that couldn't make an acting. There was just some other guy named, like, Tom Mitchum <laughs> who just had the same eyes. That's what Stephen Culp has been doing for 30 years now. Oh, what man. a career. I thought for sure that guy would have been his son. I thought that's the only way this guy's in this movie, right? Yeah, what a scumbag. Maybe he just doesn't know it. Maybe. He's like, no, I've never heard of it. And 40 years later, Robert Culp's just prancing around Hollywood with these ladies. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah. He's great. Yeah, he's the host of the American Case Files. He's dating the final girl, Stephen's baby mama. Right. These people are all intertwined. They're all Nobody intertwined. knows each other. And so, and Aaron Gray gets killed by Jason pretty early on because he's got to kill the rest of the Voorhees family. Yeah. It's she actually a little it. confusing. He's got to kill the other Voorhees. Only, only a Voorhees can kill him, mm-hmm. but he can only be reborn as Jason through a Voorhees. Through a Voorhees, right. So you don't want to kill all the Voorheeses. I mean, we don't know much about Jason's mentality. Only Creighton Duke. <laughs> Only Duke knows. has those answers. Yeah, he knows for sure. Yeah, after we get Aaron Gray getting skewered in her own sunken living room. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We also we get the weird Aaron Gray, uh, Billy Greenbush, like romantic subplot. But, but Greenbush seems like a 70-year-old man. He's quite an older gentleman. Aaron Gray still looks like Aaron Gray yeah. in this movie. <laughs> Aaron Gray walking down her sunken living room steps and her cute little waitress. And she's like, what is she doing slumming it up with this sheriff? I guess, yeah, yeah. How is this guy pulling? 
And <laughs> so, of course, this all looks very bad for Stephen, who's like cradling oh, her yeah, it's, body. It's the classic. The mother like, it of- wasn't me. It was. Yeah. And the body's not there because Jason's run off. But how much did you love the scene that that leads us to where we get Stephen in jail with Creighton Duke? That's when this thing really started. Like, I don't think I liked the Steven character or really the Creighton Duke character that much <laughs> until this scene. And then it was just like, oh, this is great. It's a great bit where, yeah, he gets put in jail and then it's Duke next to him. That, in that the adjoining cell, that Duke yeah. Duke is there too. Um, I don't understand anything about the interaction they have. Oh. Except Duke has to, you know, spill all the plot. But uh, what is up with, with the the way they interact what the the breaking of the fingers the, the I, paying the price i loved every, i don't know i couldn't tell you for a second what was going on there i loved every second of this interaction <laughs> because to me it was very clear that the implications were that creighton duke was going to rape this kid. <laughs> <laughs> it had to be sexual <laughs> like it was Definitely sexual. Everything about this scene immediately turns, like, horny. Mm-hmm. When Duke approaches him at their little adjoining bars and, like, asks for his hand. And he's really doing this manipulative, like, I don't think you're going to do it. And I'm just like, what is he going to do? <laughs> he's like, I could tell you it's going to cost you, though. Oh. It's cost me what? I don't know if you can pay. Creighton Duke is and he's like, like I'll, I'll, I'll pay. I can pay. And I he's can like afford it. Stroking his hand. Oh yeah, and just giving him this really wild smile. Like, is you're gonna, you're gonna see my dick smile? Yeah, he and, is uh, talking to him like <laughs> Keith David talks in Requiem for a Dream. Okay. Yeah, the entire time, the threat of sex is the only thing that is implied here. When he keeps talking about. Oh, I don't think you're going to want to pay this price. And it's like that Stephen had to like, like sit there and think about it and go, I'll pay whatever it takes. And I'm just like, oh, God, what are, what are we going to get? Meanwhile, the whole room, I could sense every one of us horny, horny. as hell. Horny as hell. Every one of us rock is like hard. licking chops, hard <laughs> as a rock, waiting to see where this is going to go. But... Pay it, Steven. Pay the, pay the price. Just pay it. Pay the price. <laughs> the Give him what he wants. Duke is dragging this out like you're like Homer calling the, the 900 number <laughs> for betting. Just like, come on. Don't you talk faster. This is costing me money. I know. This is costing me fingers, Duke. <laughs> Speed it up a bit. Duke keeps dragging out this long backstory about like just milking him. Milking. Tell, not telling the one thing. But there's one thing. But you also don't knowing, know like, about. this guy is the baby mama of the Voorhees, you know, daughter yeah. or niece. Does I Duke guess. know this? Like, I don't know what any of these people know, know about who each other. everyone is at yeah. all times. It's insane. And yeah, for some reason, he just breaks like three of his fingers while telling him all this information. How about the foley work on these finger breaks? Oh, by the, breaks. the way, rough. Steven does not that hurt. He does not properly sell these fingers throughout the rest of the movie. Even later in the scene when he's getting a new finger broken, he's just sticking like his hand through like normal. Yeah. Like it's just the it. first time. Oh yeah. I, I, and I guess maybe the idea was that now he can fake like, ah, oh, this guy broke my hand. And, and then he eventually does escape prison, but he didn't actually have to crack those fingers. You could have just him escaping just sounded like a fake excuse. Yeah. Like, he didn't have to go so method and actually have him break his uh, it's fingers. So, it's so strange. 
Creighton Duke, Creighton. I don't know what we're supposed to feel about this guy because he feels like an empty bad dude. He feels like a bad dude. The whole he feels time like he he's got people, people locked up in a basement somewhere. Yeah, he seems like a psychopath. Yeah. The way he breaks the fingers and then is just caressing that hand. <laughs> we get so much of a Ooh. focus on him just holding the hand with like both hands and like only the closest women in my life have ever had me held hold their hand like that. I've never cradled a mm-hmm. a fellow inmate's hand. Certainly not. The way he is cradling that thing before he decides, am I supposed to be on his side now that he decided to not break a third finger? <laughs> right. Like he kind of does. He kind of respect Steven a bit more after having his fingers broken. Like, all right, maybe this kid does got moxie. It's like this thing where he's like testing him. Like, you want to go on this Jason killing adventure with me? You know, I got to know you're up to it, kind yeah. of a thing by disabling you severely. But Creighton. also, like, if you're Steven, like, this is just some guy. Like, he doesn't know who Creighton Duke is. <laughs> well, I mean, does he? The, or did he's he watch been on the American Case Files? Case Files. <laughs> he's seen him on TV, probably. <laughs> but he's never. He's not like, hey, you're that Creighton Duke guy that's going after. Yeah, Jason. nobody for a guy. Oh wait, well, we do get the does the sheriff do does do a like, we know who you are, yeah, kind yeah. of thing to him. So maybe he is like a little bit he's of a. Known. That's what bounty hunting is. One of those professions, much like bouncing in Roadhouse. Where it's just like, oh, he's like the number one bouncer. I think so, yeah. It's just like, you know the number one bounty hunter. Like, we know dog. We know dog. I'm not sure. Everybody who, knows I'm not dog. sure who, like, fleshes out the top five. You gotta be the best of the best. Yeah. Which, obviously, Duke is. Duke's the best. He's the best. He's the Duke. <laughs> A number one. <laughs> and, yeah, so I thought it was gonna be Duke, like, kind of assembling, like, a crew. Mm-hmm. Like a Jason takedown crew. But it still veers off into everybody else separately kind of doing their ways to take down Jason, right? Vacation Jason. And I don't think we even talked about Jason shaving a man. (laughs) What is that? What happened in that scene? Jason strips a man naked and, like, ties him down more than he needs to. And I think that's, like, the first, like, that's from the coroner to the police guy, right? Yeah. And uh yeah, you think he's gonna slit his throat or something, but then he just gives him the old he's worm just, down he, the mouth. So he didn't need to be shaved. Why do you have to be that? naked? Why is Jason like drawing out this kill? Because that whole uh was he like a cop? Yeah. The cop's babe gets her head slammed at a door. That's the most efficient, quickest, like no fuss. That kill. is a good shock. Just kill. a yeah. door slam. That head just that, that bends. dummy head just getting smashed. <laughs> yeah. I bet there's not even. They didn't even make a dummy for that one. They probably just put a piece of foam. Oh yeah, under a right. head wrap, right? That they is put like a wig a, over a balloon and closed the door on. That it. is like a kind of effect you can worked. do when when you're 13 years old with your friends, right? But it looked really good here. Yeah, the editing and just the slam. But I don't know why he had to strip this man naked and he ties him down to a table like in front of a fireplace. <laughs> He I mean, the guy's just as confused as we are. The guy, <laughs> yeah. the guy getting strapped down, I was like, uh, let's just see where this goes." I mean, it was a such a weird scene, but also really scary because he is in like a saw trap. Yeah, he is strapped down in this crazed man. It's still the corner at that point. I think so. Right? Yeah. When he starts giving him a realistic shave, also shave. like soft, like caressing. 
There's yeah. a lot of just man-on-man sensuality going so on in this movie. So is that the corner part of his brain still working? Like, he's got the slab down on his table. Mm. He's got to dress the body, like, after undressing the body. I don't know. That's a good question. It really is, like, is this where, like, Jason, the boy, is like, you know, I've never shaved. <laughs> You know? He's pretty good at it. He pulls out that straight razor. He's, he's immediately yeah. getting all Gives the... him a little, like, yeah. Maybe he's just never had that, you know, he never had a dad teach him how to shave. <laughs> so I'm going to give it a like go It's like a cat's here. in the cradle kind of thing with this cop. <laughs> I don't know. But, dude, after he's got this guy strapped on a table. and then or he's, he's just, just like, I want to look good. I want this body to look good that I'm about to go into. This guy's got a, a bad 5 o'clock shadow here. You know, there are moments where in these other vessels, he catches himself in the mirror, and then it's like Jason... In right, the it's mirror, Jason in the mirror, which re- is cool. And there was one, I think it was at Aaron Gray's house, so it would have been probably before this the cop. shaving incident, where he kind of sees himself in the mirror, but it's this, like, uh, I don't know, my timeline on this movie is so messed up. Yeah, it yeah. feels like all this stuff it's was not filmed Jason, totally so different you can't figure time. out who's who, yeah. And, uh, but, dude, he's, like, sharpening the straight razor on the leather strap and just, like, really making this guy squirm. Yeah, maybe that was the Texas Chainsaw, like, reference, or something, you know, maybe there's... That's a reference they're to something all, else. They're we don't all know. in here, I'm sure. Yeah, guy walks in wearing Kurt Russell's hat from the thing. <laughs> <laughs> what? What is this? Just a big. <laughs> yeah. The... No, he's wearing like one of the big, uh, big trouble in Little China hats. <laughs> <laughs> We've also seen movies. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's just like why that cop has to get naked and shaved. I don't know. There's a lot of whys. But at the end of this movie, when I look back, it's like, well, that's one of the reasons I love this movie. The whys. I love the whys. And a lot of it was probably like, yeah, we were all uh, film students making our first movie and we didn't know what to do. (laughs) Right. But if you do a lot of fun things, I don't know. The results are here. There's also a great they live fight between Steven and his Bruce Campbell cop buddy. Sure. They're taking nasty spills over that cop car, pulling guns on each other. Yeah. Don't know why it happened. A lot of irresponsible hey. gun handling in this movie. Very the, the, much the, so. the diner couple with their gun throwing it around. There's a baby in the back of that diner, and they're just shooting off rounds at random. <laughs> that's do. honestly, it's it's one of those things that's like I never would have thought about that before. But watching it this last week, I was like, "There's a baby in there. Like, be careful." <laughs> that baby gets carted through a lot of scenes. That baby uh, is getting swung around, put in a box. It's in a tomato box for a while. Creighton yeah. Duke takes it seemingly on a motorcycle to the Voorhees house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, someone watch out for this baby, please. That diner massacre. That was maybe my favorite else. scene of the whole movie. The lighting in that looked The lighting amazing. was cool. People are blowing each All those backlit, shadowy figure shots. The, the gun stuff is really fun. Like, oh, my God. The, the, the couple who own the diner have their guns that they're shooting them with. The waitress pops up behind the counter with a shoddy. Waitress with a shotgun is incredible. Iconic. You know every character in that scene was arguing over who gets the shotgun. Uh, and then, yeah, that Stephen Culp guy has been possessed by, by Jason now. And his he was the best, like, dead stare zombie guy coming after you look i thought he did a great job very effective i agree fully. Uh, yeah the, he's the, breaking the, people's the, arms he's taking oh yeah shotguns we get, we get the, to the bone f- popping nobody was doing bone popping out of skin in 93 right uh, the guy gets doused in the in the uh fryer oil how about rusty schwimmer getting her jaw knocked popped down her in. throat i don't think i've ever seen something like that yeah they like that was good they stuff. put the money on these effects i'm sure 
Leslie Jordan getting thrown in the fryer. That's just soda. Sure. But it's <laughs> we'll a, put you in some Pepsi, but it's a right? Fun, uh, it's a fun idea. It's this great combination of oil. You get the kills like a foam rubber head getting just smashed by a car door, which costs them zero dollars. Mm-hmm. So I love within one scene, you know, they're getting these low-end, nothing student film budget shots, and then some of the best effects makeup shots you can get, like back-to-back. Him just kind of flailing his arms around in in soda water in a fryer. Yeah. And then she just gets her whole... It's disgusting, (laughs) man. Her whole lower jaw gets knocked, like, into her face. I I love the look on her face, too, when she pulls back. You get this, like, what the fuck was that? (laughs) Both of those two are great, by the way. Yeah. Leslie Jordan, they, they had long character actor oh, careers sure. after this yeah leslie you... jordan just passed hmm. a year or two ago he he became like a beloved gay icon within the last like oh definitely decade yeah. plus or just a legend both of them are people yeah you've seen in a hundred things yeah rusty right. the roles were supposed to be reversed hmm. for those two and it's like no way this is way funnier <laughs> to make, right. she is such a boss in this movie the way she is like loading up her gun no shit i also love her two for one uh Jason is dead burger special. The burger special. Yeah. Making the burgers shaped like the hockey mask and then using the extra meat to make the second burger. It's like, that's the two for one, baby. It's like, <laughs> I like this woman. I Any like diner that's going to make, yeah, Jason Voorhees shaped hockey mask burgers, I'm in. Yeah. But yeah, man, Colt. Oh, I guess that's the one waitress with a shotgun gets the go to hell line, right? Mm. Before she gets her head just squeezed open, he... Uh, Robert Culp's son. Yeah. <laughs> squeezes this woman's head and her brain just shoots straight up in the air. It's gooey. Just a geyser right up out of her head. No way that's in the uh, the R-rated. Probably not. No way that's in yeah. there. The final showdown in the Voorhees house is, again, some good stuff. You get that gross little, I guess, baby Jason. The little infant that crawls out of uh, yeah, Culp's it's, head. It's just so weird because this thing... Is like first, it's just energy beams that go into the. Oh corner. yeah, we get the demons or whatever leaving his body, and then it's yeah, then it becomes a total worm, and then it's like this little skeleton baby demon <laughs> rat it's, looking thing yeah. that crawls up. It's all of the Aaron effects Gray's, ideas. Uh, skirt. Oh yeah, it has body to break. Oh that's been right, in the basement of the Voorhees house the whole movie since the guy stole it for ratings. It's a bonanza. I mean that that guy's fucking his. That, that woman's daughter, and he's, like, stealing her body for the ratings and you, bragging about it. You don't get to be the host of American Case Files by accident. I hated him. It's, you do some ugly things on your <laughs> way to the top, right? Uh, but the showdown's good with that little baby crawling. I forget whose neck they crawl out of because a bunch of people are dying. Billy Greenbush shows back up. Yep. The other cop shows back up. They're all playing. That oh, yeah, they kind of do a little cheat there because I think it's the younger cop maybe is the one who's now possessed but then you hear him like say something which none of the other ones have done before yeah and then none... yeah the older the older sheriff is like you might you're supposed to think it's him but he's just been he he got his ass kicked earlier in the police station so yeah he's obviously messed up oh i also love our effect shot when jason's rampaging through the police station he like smashes two cops heads together but then when the quick shot of their head smashing it's like they've had a different death in mind because their faces are now just like mangled and burnt. They yeah. It's yeah. like, wait, that wasn't a head smash that they would what did he originally do to those guys? Yeah, that didn't quite work. <laughs> didn't quite work. Just a quick little head smash that also melted their faces. Yeah. 
And uh, yeah, they definitely cheated though, because that that cop was acting normal, and unless as unless he's getting better at possessing bodies. Yeah, or well, something. the the little thing is now gone. It's turned into a worm. Now it's turned into a little baby, and so I don't know if the possess. Creighton Duke didn't explain that part of it. Yeah, we didn't get that finger break uh, exposition. Also, I'm a little disappointed at the short-sightedness of Creighton Duke's master plan to take down Jason, which is like to put him in a handcuff and then to put the other handcuff on yourself. (laughs) Jason has ripped limbs off bodies real easily in the past. You think think your hand is going to stay hooked in that handcuff, Duke? Bad idea. Yeah, I don't know where he was going with that one. We find out finally at the end that the the way that Avorhees has to kill him is with this special demon dagger yeah. that comes out of that's just been at the house what, the whole what time. What movie is the demon dagger from? That's is that exactly, an Evil Dead thing too? That, that I, could, it looked very Evil Dead yeah. to me. Uh, actually, that that uh, reminded me of like the guns they make in Existence, like the bone gun or something. Oh, yeah. It had that kind of bone look. It did to have it. that. But not the not as disgusting not as the that. existence gun, but yeah. yeah, the special dagger that can only be driven into the heart by a Voorhees. Come on, now. pretty specific. Come on, now. yeah. I don't know how Duke pieced that all together from a couple drawings in the Necronomicon, but <laughs> good for yeah. him. I also love when Jason is reborn and he busts through the oh the, jumping the floor. from the basement through the floorboards, uh, and it looks just like him at the beginning, like it's. The same boiled head with the mask. Yeah, I love what he, he gets like, a new. He's back as himself, but it was just the last self that he existed as. Yeah. I'm not sure when the timer stopped on when he gets to go back to it, but yeah, I love it's just the same guy from like the first ten minutes. Yeah, and then there's always those parts in in Jason movies where he's like got superhuman strength, but then at a certain point he's just like fighting a man. I was good. At, that was a huge point for me <laughs> watching this movie. He's been punching people like one punch kills the whole movie. Yeah. And then he just kind of gives Steven like a like a Sopranos-esque roughing up. Yeah, he's just kind of boot. It's like it's like De Niro old man Irishman kicks. Yeah. <laughs> like just kicking him out of the corner grocer just like in the ribs. But it was like as as I was watching it this time it was like maybe he's just like enjoying it. He's just like I'm back in my body. I'm finally yeah, he's like, feeling himself, he's right? Just like ah, I'm gonna rough this little twerp up for a while. I don't know who, uh, <laughs> what stuntman did this, but him knocking Steven over in the jungle gym—that looked like a rough that was fall. Fun. That yeah, that didn't. That look was like a tall jungle tough. gym to take. That guy held on the whole way. Like that—that that was a bad landing. Someone got hurt. That though. had to hurt. Yeah. But man, Jessica drop kicking the dagger. As she gets the dagger in there, and Jason's kind of doing like a what? Mm-hmm. The demons, like the, the light bulbs, start flashing in his chest. But then when she does the run and kick, oh, she didn't get it in all the way. Yeah, you got to really pierce that thing. That's the rules. <laughs> you got to get it in all the way. Luckily, she figures it out. Yeah, I do like how our our final girl, who's like dealing with the death of her mother, and then her fiance goes missing, and and then she's gets rolling ro- with it, and then she's just like, now I like the Steven guy again, and. Oh, there's a dagger? Okay, I'm in. Yeah. I got to protect Probably the baby. It has to be the first time she did a running drop kick. I would Looked hope great. so. Yeah. She Nails it. it. I love the heavenly beam of light that gets cast down onto Jason. He hates it. He's not happy. He hates it, man. <laughs> he is not <laughs> pleased with the process of going to hell. I had so 
already forgotten the premise of going to hell. <laughs> right. You're so far past. I have not thought about going to hell in so long by We let now. that ship sail yeah. an hour ago. <laughs> like, I was not expecting anything. We still don't get any hell. He just, like, gets drugged down in, through the dirt. Yeah. By a bunch of arms, which is fine. We get a bunch of, like, kind of Fraggle Rock-looking, like, puppet <laughs> arms coming up. They're really moss, like, big old stony, foamy yeah. arms. Grabbing him. One of them's like, one of them, this had to be a gag. This had to be somebody doing a goof. Because one of the hands, because when Steven's also like getting caught and kind of the catching some strays, yeah, also maybe he's almost getting dragged down. One of the, these big old foamy hands is just rubbing his groin. (laughs) (laughs) Like three of them are grabbing his legs, and one other, other hand is just like, Doing little, like, right. wax-on circles like, around his now crotch. Now, remember, these guys have to have sex before they can go to hell. <laughs> yeah, and he's just... Get him. <laughs> Get him there. <laughs> There's got to be hilarious. some prop guy just off camera just, like, <laughs> manipulate this thing. It's right? probably, like, the 14th take, and the, and the actor is just like, could you not... Yeah. Do that. And or he's like, yeah, we're gonna okay. do a funny one. There's no way they'll choose this one. And then it's just the hand just like <laughs> Yeah. I bet these people have been living together in the same like Love whatever, it. same complex, same hotel, whatever. For I like to think that was Greg Nicotero himself with that puppet. Hand. <laughs> I'll take this, this one's one, guys. For me, guys. This yeah. one's mine. <laughs> this is my shot. What uh, a what an it was a pretty cool finish. I like the ending. Pretty cool ending You've, to you a get you get a satisfying drag to hell ending. Yeah, I liked him getting getting dragged down through the dirt. I love the little call, little flashback, the dog going back, get the mask left in the ground there. Great dog acting. Mm. That dog like went up, sniffed that mask, pulled it a little farther out of the dirt to give you even a better shot. I don't know how they got the dog to behave so well. Then t- takes off. Great dog acting. And uh, as we all expected, Freddy Krueger's arm then just bursts out of the dirt to pull that mask in there. Yep. What was that supposed to do for audiences back then? To that was end the your tease, movie baby. just with another re- was that the tease? That should have been a post credit sequence. Like that should have been after the after the end credits. Very then much. you see that because yeah, I think the whole idea was like we got we got Jason and Freddy. We own them. We own them now. And I I feel like that was the story where they tried to make that movie and then it just kept stalling and. Dude, I've heard every story that I read, they tried to make that movie for 15 years, Freddy versus Jason. And every story is just like, well, we tried to, but, you know, the script just didn't work. And it's like, did the Freddy versus Jason script work? Did you guys really? When does a script working mean anything to these movies? A script working didn't seem to matter much for Goes to Hell. (laughs) Exactly. What was the hold? For 15 years, they're just like, we need to tighten it up. We need to tighten this script up. What was the hold up? They're just like. Freddy's not saying bitch enough. (laughs) (laughs) I can't figure out how to get any more bitches in here. We need more. We need more. Yeah, I I just, after seeing what some of the others are like, no, we need this script to work, guys. This is Freddy and Jason. We only get one shot at Freddy versus Jason. (laughs) We've got to make it work. Ridiculous. Love it. But I love Goes to Hell. I have benefited so much by not seeing Goes to Hell until now. I benefited tons by not seeing Jason X until we saw it a mm-hmm. couple of years ago. Because these movies both look and just feel so fun with new eyeballs on them. These movies felt now, especially Jason X, knew exactly what it was doing. Yeah. Hated at the time. But now it looks, I thought it was hilarious. Fun. I thought it was hilarious. This movie was a blast. 
the final Friday, the last one, blast. Finale. Yeah, I was actually so surprised at how, how much I liked it. Because I was kind of going in ready to roll my eyes. Of course. Uh, I was making, I, I definitely made the effort of like, have you know, have fun with these. Yeah, um, you're here with the boys. Yeah, exactly. And the fact that it was a great group view. Exactly. Undeniable group hit. Probably, yeah. I think that's what happened with my running scared to go back. It's like I was watching it like on a Sunday morning. You know, I'm tired. <laughs> yeah. I'm like cleaning the house. You know, it's just it wasn't the right, right atmosphere to watch that fun movie. Atmosphere can really add to a movie. So getting the, yeah, having it be dark. It's, it, we saw it on Friday the 13th. Yeah. You know, we had our fucking four bags of kettle corn. Jeez, Jason was, brought all the corn. Was so I was good. down in Mike and Ike's. It was a lot of popping fun. Popping Whoppers. And uh, the movie's just so bizarre that. You kind of have to just let it go and like just be on board for what's going on. This, but uh, this movie if you feels are, like it's great. such a is. If this played in a theater now, I cannot imagine it not getting big reactions. A thing that I've noticed myself starting to do over the last few years, I gasp a lot mm. now during movies. It's just a. I don't know when it started, but I find myself like. <gasps> Gasping and surprised, like this movie had me gasping the whole way through. I was not expecting some of the sheer violence, yeah, and disgustingness. And like this movie seems designed to get constant reactions. Feels like it would be super fun in a theater. Maybe not in 1993. Maybe not. But now, oh yeah, I don't even know what would be my least favorite Friday at this point. The ones that I haven't seen are already kind of holding that earmark. I knew you weren't into Goes to Hell, so I was like, all right, I'm not going to go in expecting too much. But yeah. now it's got to be one of the actual numbered ones. It might now literally be Manhattan, which I've come around on in recent years. But putting it up next to the final Friday, no, not even close. I know. Nowhere that's, near as entertaining as the final Friday. Uh, this series for me, just it's just more than Halloween or, or uh, Nightmare. To me, this is just... The most fun. All the movies are fun. Yeah. Um, Every one of them keeps growing in estimation. With yeah. Me. Even the ones that aren't supposed to be good, like, you know, five, seven. When we watch seven, is that a new, new blood? New blood. I like it. I liked it. Yeah. I liked seven. Yeah. I loved X. I'm excited for the reboot now. I'm excited for 2009. Yeah. Let's see right. what that one throws at me. But yeah, this just is a really fun franchise. I don't know if there's a more fun. Uh, Jason X is probably more fun. It's pretty fun. But if you have heard the bad rumors on Goes to Hell, toss those aside. Mm -hmm. You listen to us. (laughs) You listen to us when it comes to the final Friday. Yeah, I think we, well, yeah. If we haven't convinced you in the last hundred minutes. (laughs) hundred minutes, Jesus. I need to look at the clock on these things. This is so much longer than the final Friday. I'm having fun. No, it's, uh, yeah, especially like for me, yeah, thinking this was a bad movie for 20 years or 10 years or whatever. And then seeing it now, it's like how how fun it was to just right? not hate so this movie. So refreshing, right? To just yeah, be refreshing. into this, right? Exactly. It's like, man, I didn't hate that. That was fun. <laughs> not only not it's hate. It's dumb. It doesn't, me- like, it doesn't make any sense. And Jason's not really in it very much, but it's a fun movie. It is. This really, we've gotten so into this 88 to 93 genre. If you go back and look at all of our episodes that we've done, it's such a money year for direct-to-video genre stuff. Mm-hmm. And this plays with the best of that kind of direct-to-video, heavy-on special makeup effects, like getting really creative and silly with stuff. 
it's no different than kind of the weird stuff that Scanner Cop was doing. Right. And so I can see why people wanted something different at the time, but this, more than almost any, needs that fresh set of eyes. I think I think I cannot... I don't want to talk to somebody that can't get into this movie. Mm-hmm. There's too much cool stuff in this movie. I think it came to this. I, think it did. I don't think there's anything else I can talk about. <laughs> See the unrated version. That's Definitely. all I'll say. Definitely. Yeah. Make it make it unrated. <laughs> Charlie's old Bobby's worn out stretch of VHS tape over that one scene. <laughs> tracking bars all through exactly. it. Exactly. Oh, terrible. I'm Eric. I'm Charlie. Thank you for listening. And good night.